and welcome to Career Alchemist Podcast. My name is Tiana Burek, and I'm a career and business alignment coach. I help impact-driven professionals create careers tailor-made to their potential using the power of human design. In this podcast, you will hear interviews with entrepreneurs and professionals who have successfully created their non-linear careers and hear lessons learned along their journey through the lens of their human design. If you're ready to become the alchemist of your career, join us. Hello, today my guest is Annabelle. Annabelle is a VP in Morgan Stanley, and I'm excited for her to share her story, how she has built her successful career, and how she navigated her path in an authentic way. Annabelle, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to be on and have the opportunity to talk to all of your listeners. Thank you. I first want to give the listeners an overview a little bit about your background. So would you tell us your career journey and how you ended up in the role you are currently? Sure. So currently, as you mentioned, I am a vice president um, in our institutional securities like product group at Morgan Stanley. Specifically, I am a relationship manager for our operations division. So it hasn't been a linear path to get here. I am originally from the Dominican Republic. Um, so I have that, you know, other lens in terms of like being an immigrant and that journey of like getting to the to the US. And actually when I came, I thought I was gonna study something completely different. I did economics and international studies and I didn't visualize myself in financial services um, whatsoever. Um, and as I interned and that journey of like figuring out sponsorship and a job that I would allow me to have a pathway to stay here in the U.S. I ended up working for a fund administrator um, and that led to kind of specializing in one area of operations and obviously as a as a woman as a Latina as an immigrant that was challenging because I, at that time, thought I didn't have a voice or I hadn't found my voice quite yet. I didn't know how to advocate for myself because I, I needed the job to be able to stay here in the U.S. and for them to sponsor me for a visa. So I think that was a rough couple of years of just really feeling I had to do what I had to do um, to stay here. Ultimately, once I sort of resolved all that and I had my green card and everything set to be able to be here, I, I realized I'm like, I need to ask for what I need and for what I want. Um, and what does that look like, right? And having the confidence to be able to do that and speak to more senior people. Financial services is still very much an industry that's male dominated, predominantly white. Uh, and that can be really intimidating when you don't see people that look like you in positions of power but I realized that you have to be able to show up for yourself. Otherwise, it just works, become, becomes this very overwhelming sort of toxic environment for you. And so I moved on from there, actually, by building relationships. So one thing I would say to all the listeners is your network is your wealth, right? Like building a trusted network, building your own personal board of directors as they say board of advisors is so critical because even in those moments where it seems really 
challenging and difficult to have people that are advocating for you, can give you advice, can be a sounding board is so important. And that should be a mixture of people. And it doesn't have to be people just within your current organization. It can be friends. It can be people outside of that, you know, your organization, just a variety of diverse perspectives, ideas, people that can really help you navigate. And so through relationships, I ended up actually being able to move to different um, positions. And I actually, the way I ended up in my current role was going through to a conference, um, a Latino conference through Alpha, if anybody's familiar with that organization, um, Association of Latino Professionals for America. And, you know, again, that's building your network, finding groups, opportunities to be with like-minded people that can empower you and encourage you. Great. Thank you so much for introducing and sharing openly your story and your struggles with being an immigrant. And I can completely relate. I went through the same process and I know how hard it is when there are external factors that don't allow you to embrace the identity and to really advocate for, for yourself and say, okay, what is it that I really uh, want to do? So you, you mentioned the importance of uh, bringing the allies to root for you, to um, to get you into the right rooms. And there is very impactful TED Talk by Carla Harris, uh, and she talks about how to find a person who is going to get you ahead of, at work. And that's so crucial when you're in these large organizations to have the allies to advocate for you. So how do you find people who are going to be your advocates? Yeah, so I love Carla. She's like a celebrity. She's our Oprah at Morgan Stanley. Um, so we're really, really lucky to have her. You know, I think that finding an ally, especially somebody that, right, this person's going to go into rooms where you don't have access and they're going to be mentioning your name, putting you forward for opportunities in order for people to feel comfortable and confident doing that on your behalf you have to really build an authentic relationship with them, right? They need to know who you are and what you bring to the table. So I would say, one, look around you, like who are the people that you, you're kind of, you admire? You're like, wow, I really love what that person's doing. I really want to connect with them. So I think that's one way um, to kind of scope out who you would want to have, who you want to know you and the work that you do. I think within your organization, try to get on projects that can give you visibility and have senior folks that are going to be in those rooms and can then you can build the relationship. They're going to doing it through sort of projects or initiatives. It gives you an opportunity to showcase what you bring to the table, because ultimately you do have to build that trust and you have to produce some output. They're just not going to go into a room just because they like you. Um, to kind of speak on your behalf, they you really have to show them that you you want it, you could do it, and I think that sometimes builds organically. So I think definitely trying to be on projects, initiatives, whether it's you know maybe a professional network at work where they can see your leadership skills in terms of putting together an event, dealing with budgets, various people, or a project within your own sort of specialization. Um, skill set that they can really see, okay, Annabelle's leading this initiative. She did a great job. I want to work with her again. 
And then when an opportunity comes up and they're in those spaces, they can really bring your name up. And also then being consistent with that relationship of like checking in, you driving the relationship of like making sure you set up time, ask for coffee and come prepared, right? These most likely are going to be senior folks that have limited time. So if you just get 15 minutes with them, maximize those 15 minutes, be very to the point and direct of what you need and what you want and come prepared with an agenda. Show them what you've been up to. You tell them, you know, for them to get to know you. Um, I think that those are the key things that I would tell to folks who are looking to build, you know, relationships with key stakeholders within their organizations or even outside of that, maybe it's that you want to get on a professional board. How are they going to pick you not knowing what you've done? Get involved in the organization first. Let them see what you can do. Let them see that you're really passionate, interested, and exciting, and you're willing to do the work. And sometimes those relationships build organically from there. Such a great advice. Everything you you shared, that it's so valuable. And something that I want to point out is that the fact which you emphasize is don't wait for other people to recognize you. Be your advocate first. So you have been your best advocate throughout your careers and you have in your previous workplaces, you have created initiated networks that didn't exist so you can get this exposure and experience and build and find your allies. So can you tell us a little bit about those initiatives? Sure, 100%. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes the things that you need or want don't exist. And then so you have to just create it. And I think it's a little bit about what we were talking before we sort of jump on is having that entrepreneurial spirit and not being afraid to sort of launch yourself. And I always say it's better it's better to ask for um, forgiveness than ask for permission. So you can go ahead and do it. So I, in one of the, the firms that I used to work, um, and for me, being involved in DEI initiatives, um, being involved in the professional networks has always been really important because obviously we do our day job, but that connectivity, that sense of belonging is so important. So as a woman, I really wanted to find like-minded other you know, women that I could engage with, that I could connect with, that I could find mentors, that I could mentor. And so my company at that time was headquartered out of New York. And I was like, well, there's no opportunity to do anything in person in New York. I'm like, how do we fix that? I'm like, can I get a list of all the women that sit in the tri-state? And together with like one of our executive admins, we literally just put together a list. HR probably wouldn't have been too happy about that. I sent an email and I said, hey, I've been feeling disconnected. I really would want opportunities for us to connect in person. I don't have a budget, but is anybody interested? And I got so many responses back from other women that were feeling the same way. It's just nobody had taken the time to kind of get everybody together, do that leadership, be willing to put in the work to bring the women together. We got together. We did a potluck. I'm like, I have no budget, but if everybody wants to bring something, and we had a great turnout. And after that, we started doing events, like just going to things together, getting together, doing things that were like no cost, like having one of the senior women speak to everybody like at a lunch and learn. Everybody bring your own lunch. 
those types of things. And then once the broader group at headquarters caught wind of it and that we were really engaged, we were showing the numbers, actually we ended up getting allocated budget the following year. And then we became a really integral part of the overall planning for women in leadership for the firm. So don't be afraid to start something to reach out because likely if you're feeling it or you have an inkling, there's probably other people that are feeling the same way. Wow, this is so inspiring. And I'm glad how you showed the entrepreneurial spirit and the growth mindset that you brought in the workplace. You, you don't have to be an entrepreneur and have your own business to be able to advocate for the things that you're really passionate about. And this example is amazing. Um, now let us know a little bit about, as you continue to grow your career from Morgan Stanley, you have started uh, the different DEI uh, initiatives and groups. So can you tell us how you accomplished that? Yeah, so at Morgan, I just joined existing, you know, um, opportunities that were already in place. Like we have some part of our Unidos task force, which is our Latino task force for operations. I'm also part of our veterans group. And I always take the mindset of like, if I'm joining something, one, you never want to volunteer for something just to say you're doing something, but that you're not actively participating or engaging. Um, that's not the way to go. You want to make sure that you have the bandwidth and capacity to be an active participant and contributor. So I think for both these, I'm super passionate about it. So been leading we're actually in the midst of kind of doing an event for the very first time um, it was something I was really passionate about so I've been helping to drive that forward like don't be afraid to raise your hand but if you do know that you know you're going to do the work obviously with help because there's a committee of people involved but don't be afraid to lead to speak up to to put the idea forward but know that if you do right the all DI initiatives everywhere usually, right? It's sort of your second job. You have a job and then you're kind of doing this as extra. And I understand everybody, you get super busy. Uh, but these things do go a long way and you do get recognized. And it could be a really good path for promotion, for networking, for advancement. Um, so I would say that if you have an idea, put it out there, but be willing to say, I'll, you know, I'll help to carry it forward and roll up your sleeves and execute on it. I love how you showed how all your identities and heritage that you bring with you made you to start these, some of the initiatives and become part of them and really embrace the breadth of your uh, identities. And uh, we talked about how you showed us how you're passionate and how you're advocating and pursuing this and what benefits it brought you. But can you tell us a little bit about any obstacles you had on the way? Because I know these things are not easy to pull off and to say, okay, I'm going to be authentic and true to myself in my day-to-day -day job. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always challenges. I think sometimes you can be really excited and passionate about it. And when you raise the idea you know it's not met with the same excitement or opportunity I mean keep at it I think that if you are really passionate about something eventually I think that passion transmits I think it's also a good opportunity like you were you know you're pitching an idea 
for entrepreneurs, the first time you pitch may not be the 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 opportunity like it doesn't land the first time, right? And you get better at articulating your ideas and your thoughts and you know your audience better and you learn your organization and you figure out ways to be able to come forward with ideas that you know will resonate with the audience, right? Still trying to be true to yourself and who you are, but now you've learned to put it in the context of of your audience. And sometimes it's a matter of starting small, right? Especially if you're trying to introduce something new. People are always reluctant, especially if it requires money and budget. And so maybe you do something really small that's low cost or no cost, just to kind of get your feet wet and you take on, like I said, you take on the responsibility of like owning it. You say, you know what? I am really passionate about it. I do want to see this come to life. So I'm willing to put in the extra work. I think one of the challenges with any diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives in any organization or most organizations is that usually that's unpaid work. That's extra work that you're doing. Um, And sometimes it's not recognized. So I think you have to learn to balance and also ask for the value, you know, that these initiatives and things that you're doing bring to the table. Make sure that you're bringing that up when it comes time for your review. Make sure that you get senior leadership to acknowledge and support what you're trying to do. Um, Talk about it with whoever and whoever will listen. Um, just so you give more visibility and try to get other people, you know, on board to support you. I think one of the the lessons that I've learned is you don't have to do it alone, right? Like you should want to and partner with other people, maybe somebody more junior, give them an opportunity to lead. You know, I think with some of these initiatives, there's so much opportunity to to hone a lot of your skills, whether it's presentation, event planning, Uh, communication, so many things. So I think frame it for people in a way that, hey, maybe yes, this is extra work and unpaid, but these are the the things you can learn and you can get from this opportunity if we really collaborate to do this together. Um, But it's definitely hard. It's work, but I think when you're passionate about something, you do it and I think you look back at it and you're like, wow, we did that. And then it becomes a little bit easier. Sometimes I think people have to the things come to life before they buy into it. It's sort of like, oh, next year, I want to be part of that. I didn't understand when you first brought up the idea, but now that I lived it or I see it, then they might want to be a part of it. These are such valuable lessons for any entrepreneur and not just people who work in organizations. And these are like the lifetime uh, lessons. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, and I know we touched upon this before, is like, who are your best allies in the workplace? Who am I? So I think, and I will preface this with, I think sometimes we think that our manager might be our biggest champion at work. Uh, I will tell you that that's not always going to be the case. Um, There's a difference between a manager and a leader. And sometimes your manager is not a leader, they're just a manager, meaning they just help you get your day-to-day work done, but they are not going to coach you, they are not going to empower you, they are not going to give you maybe all these additional things. So 
I think my biggest allies in the workplace have always been a mixture of different people, not always inclusive of my manager at the time. Um, that's why for me, being part of these professional networks is important because I think I get a lot of support and feedback from that group. I think sometimes those are really safe places to be your full, like, you know, yourself and bring some of your diversity lenses. Um, I think finding people that you can relate to your experience and your journey, that's why we say, you know, representation does really matter. Having senior people that look like you, that have same lived experiences as you is super important. But also having people that don't look like you, that, you know, can support you um, because they acknowledge that, you know, you have something special that they want to help cultivate and promote. I think you know who your people are, right? Like you can see who genuinely is just invested in wanting to see you succeed. So I would say for me, it's a mixture of folks actually from different levels. Like I love to have people in my same peer group that are doing the same or similar job to what I'm doing because then you can talk about just how to tackle your day-to-day. Then there's that next layer of like aspirational, like where you want to be. And then the next layer above that, because I always think we all, we all should be thinking about our next step, right? You're currently working and living for the role that you want to aspire to in the future. You're always forward thinking, always thinking about, okay, what are the skills, the activities, the networks, the things that I have to do in order to get here because I ultimately want to be, you know, in my five-year plan, like wherever I visualize myself. And maybe sometimes that's not as clear and you don't know, but I think we should always be thinking bigger and more and not limit ourselves to like thinking, oh, you might be happy with like where you are, but I think even with where you are, there's opportunities for you to grow. So have people in your network as your allies that are constantly challenging you to do more, to be better. Uh, And I think that those voices should be diverse, right? You want to have as many people that can give you different perspectives that can challenge sometimes like, you know, your way of thinking, because I think that's how we grow, how we learn new things. Um, But definitely a peer network, next level aspirational, and then your ultimate like that person's doing what I want to do ultimately in life. And so want to want to pick somebody's brain that's doing that. And then also think about externally. Can you be part of a professional organization that provides a lot of access, be it networking, training, coaching, um, et cetera, that you can benefit from? Uh, thank you so much. I have something that comes up usually when I talk with my clients is that when they want to reach out to someone who is above their level and they always think, okay, what is it that I have to offer in this relationship? It, it's always going to seem that person's going to help me. So what can I offer when I'm maintaining this relationship? So what would be your advice? So my advice is that we all learn from each other. I think never discount the amount of experience skills that you bring to any any interaction that you come across so 
you might be closer to, let's say, a client or the day-to-day work that that person, because at the level that they sit, they might be further removed. So you can very well like give that person insight into something that they have just been so far removed from. And that could be completely eye-opening for them. I think the other part is as a people leader, if that person is like, you know, managing and leading people, you bring up perspective because you're, right, somebody within their leadership sphere that can give them feedback of like, this is working, this is not working, I can help, I can help lead this initiative, right? You can brainstorm together with that person because you're maybe closer to to the people that are being affected. Um, and just from a personal level of just a relationship and and feedback, I think that we all are enriched by our different interactions. So don't let the titles the experience sort of holds you back from interacting at this phrase of I had um, a manager who's like sort of more seasoned sort of more mature person they always say I love to have young people and mentor young people because they keep me young mm-hmm. it, even talking about new technology somebody said that to me the other day like how come nobody told me about chat GPT and I was like you know so you are constantly bringing things to the forefront of of these folks that, again, because of where they are in life, et cetera, they may not have um, a view or access to that, but are things that they do need to know because of where they sit um, in their job and in their role. This is so valuable. And just to reframe it again uh, for the listeners to stop seeing other people through the titles and roles and seniority and start connecting on the human-centric level. Uh, And one last uh, thought I would like for you to reflect on is any advice you have for the folks on how to embrace their authenticity and stay true to who they are and the values they can bring in the workplace. Sure. I mean, I think that Dr. Seuss said it best. You know, there's nobody youer than you. Um, everybody else is already taken. I think sometimes it's really hard to embrace, you know, yourself and feel like you're enough. I know a lot of us let imposter syndrome take over. And we feel like, right, we are imposters walking around these spaces that we navigate at times. I'm telling you today, now, that you already have a track record, right? I think sometimes we have to quiet that voice in our head that tells us that we're not enough or that what we bring to the table is not valuable because there's facts that evidence already that you got to where you got to because there's already clearly a track record of success. So that voice is not factual, right? That's just our anxiety and securities environment setting us up, right? To think that we don't deserve to be where we are. Um, So know that you are enough. You will always be enough. Um, And that we figure things out. And the truth is that nobody that got to where they got to knew everything they needed to know when they took on the roles and positions that they currently operate. If you ask probably most CEOs and like really experienced people, they they will tell you, I don't know everything. That's just a fact, right? They built 
people around them that help them to get through every day. Um, and so I think it's the same for us, right? Like we we constantly are edifying ourselves. We're constantly reading, searching, being curious, I think is such an important quality of just constantly be curious, ask good questions, and arm yourself with people around you that are smarter than you. Like I mean you and you ask a lot of questions and that's how we all learn. Because the truth is we all don't know everything, nor do we need to know um, everything. But I think we're all more than equipped to be curious and ask good questions and lean on one another, right, to be able to get to that next step um, in our careers. Thank you so much. Uh, I would leave uh, the listeners with all these thoughts and the wrap up that you and I want to thank you so much for being the guest and for all the work and DI initiative that you put and for you allowing yourself to be you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Career Alchemist Podcast with Tiana Burek. If you like this episode, please share it with a fellow career alchemist or leave us a review. If you'd like to learn how to build a thriving career or business by your human design, sign up for the free training and the link in this episode. For additional resources, please visit careeralchemist.com.